Hello and welcome to the Sonic Cinema Podcast. My name is Brian Scuttle and thank you for joining me at www.sonic-cinema.com. Join us at the Sonic Cinema Patreon at patreon.com backslash Sonic Cinema if you haven't already. Uh, for $3 and more, you'll get content like my very first attempt and audio commentary from 2003. Uh, which is basically for select scenes from American Pie 2. There's a reason for that that I explain at Patreon, and it is exclusive to Patreon. It is not available on Sonic Cinema. It's never been available on Sonic Cinema, and I talk a little bit about why that is, as well as some more stuff on my music, as well as the upcoming book. So that's patreon.com backslash Sonic Cinema. Today, I'm very pleased to be joined by a couple of filmmakers who have uh, sent me their work uh, recently. Uh, a couple of films they've worked on is Sunset and The Depths. You can read the reviews for those on Sonic Cinema. And the uh, director of both of those is Jameson Locasio. And also, I uh, talk with his uh, the composer on both of the films, as well as the screenwriter on Sunset, M. Ambrosio. So I hope you enjoy the interview that I had with Jameson and Adam. I'm very pleased to be joined today by a couple of filmmakers who've uh, sent me a couple of films in the uh, past month or two that I've uh, had a chance to watch and review, and I'm very pleased to be uh, joined by... Jameson Locasio and uh, Adam Ambrosio. Uh, thank you for joining me today, guys. Thank you. Yes, thank th you so much for having us. Yes, thank you. Um, first thing, first thing I wanted to uh, ask is, uh, what what inspired you to to uh, get into filmmaking? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think really, I I started. Uh, I think we both have different stories on this, but we, I guess I started really when I was younger, like, like Adam did as well. And I really started by editing little videos for my family and doing like vacation videos and stuff like that. That was the first time I started really picking up a camera and using it. And that sort of started to transition me into, uh, making short films I really started making stuff for YouTube originally, which is funny because that's what Adam and I do on a professional, really more of a professional basis now, which is also what inspired Sunset. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that's kind of the real, the real basics of how I started out before I met these guys, who I think really uh, helped bring my filmmaking to a whole other level that I couldn't have done on my own. Um, Adam, you, you want to talk about your beginnings too? I think that's... Yeah, no, it, it started when I was a kid. Um, you know, my dad would bring me to every movie possible or even, you know, let me watch movies that I, you know, like rated our movies like Aliens and whatnot on VHS. And, um, and my dad is also in the business, so I was able to, uh, you know, occasionally go on one of the sets. And so as like a five-year-old kid, you know, going on a movie set and being, you know, in this world of movies all the time, you know, it just seemed right. And that's what I love doing. You, you were on some cool sets as a kid, too. Adam was on some cool sets. Yeah. I, I forget which ones it were, uh, they were, but... Yeah, I was on the set of Face Off. When, Face uh, Off, yeah. Yeah, back in a while ago. This is really cool. It was oh, cool wow. They, yeah, they showed me how to, uh, you know, all the uh, sugar glass and whatnot and, you know, all the props, and it was it was really cool. 
So yeah, it started when I was a kid, pretty much. Yeah, I thought I always thought that was cool. Okay, all right. So so Am, we got a little bit about your. I guess we did get a little bit of both of your backgrounds. Uh, what what filmmakers have inspired you over the years? Oh yeah, there's there's definitely a lot. I want to say that the first time I had really uh, an epiphany, it was more it was like a definitive moment of saying, "Wow, this is this is a little beyond just going to a movie theater and enjoying something." Um, I saw Inception, okay. and I felt that what Christopher Nolan was doing in that film, and I think it was really especially the hallway scene where Joseph Gordon-Levitt is fighting and he's he's bouncing around the walls and everything else, that it really hit me that I was like, you know what? Uh, I want to do that, whatever it would take. I want to I wanna thrill, I, I would like to thrill people or to excite them to the same level that Nolan did to me, where I was sitting there watching and saying, I actually have no idea how the hell they're doing that. And it blew my mind. So that, that was one of the first things. I'd really say Christopher Nolan um was the first one that really grabbed me into the a different realm which was being sort of a passive observer into suddenly saying how are they doing that and mm -hmm. to ask those questions which i think are really the basis of wanting to be a filmmaker um so really nolan i would say primarily okay. yeah no for me um there wasn't really any directors or producers or actors really it was just how the movies came together i mean i'm, I'm a big fan of uh, carpenter uh, I like Nolan. Um, other than that, it's pretty much uh, it's it's just it's really just solely the people that make the movie and how they all you know communicate together and how they mm -hmm. pretty much take all these minds and then put them into one kind of uh, vessel. And so that that really it was like you know all the classics you know Carpenter uh, mm -hmm. and you know just the big movies that you know people see. Yeah. Let, let's get a little bit into uh, the the film that you guys uh, worked on, uh, Sunset. Which uh, when when uh, when are how and uh, when are people going to be able to uh, watch that? So we have a we have a great uh, distribution team that's headed by Eric Doctorow and the team at Random Media, uh, who has also connected us, and we we work with Sony through them in the Orchard. And they've given us an official release date of July 3rd. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's going to be on Amazon immediately, iTunes. Uh, this says Amazon Prime. Uh, iTunes, it'll be DVD probably a week after its, its launch. Uh, Vudu, Google Play, Xbox, which we never expected, right. but Xbox yeah. as well, which is very cool. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of other ones as well that I'm probably just forgetting to name. Fandango now. Uh, and then and then they start to, you know, they take it from there and keep pushing it to other platforms as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, well, and thank you very much for the uh, early in advance uh, chance to see the movie. I really, I, I really uh, appreciate it. And it was, it was really an interesting movie for me to watch. Um, and in my, in my review, I mentioned a particular movie that I've uh, watched over the years that have, has really, uh, it, feels very much in the same vein of sunset um but it's uh it's a ver definitely a very different take on it and uh before we before we get into that um let's where where did you guys come up with the idea for sunset as a uh as, as the creative process went 
Yeah, you know what's great is that uh, I did not come up with this concept, which I love, <laughs> because it was presented to me, and I said, oh, wow, that's great, which is so rare. But what happened was, was Adam and I were making Film Valor, which is our YouTube channel where we talk about our behind the scenes of what we do and everything else. And Adam came to me and said, I have a great idea, you know, uh, which I want to let him expand upon, you know, his thought process mm -hmm. on that. That was really how it started. I have a great idea about, you know, basically an end of the war, uh, the end of the world scenario about, you know, an older couple. And he already had in mind uh, the actors that he wanted to play them. Uh, we had worked with them in the past. And I just immediately thought that was fascinating. But I want to I let Adam answer the rest of that because I don't know. That came from him completely. Um, yeah. So when we were doing Film Valor, uh, we were talking about concepts that we wanted to do. And uh, uh, Jameson told me uh, a while ago when he was younger that he made this, like, apocalyptic movie with his friends. And so we were like, all right, you know, you know, end of the world, you know. You know, I started thinking, like, end of the world, you know, that could be cool. But, you know, should be action, you know, with a big budget or, you know, or at least spending a good amount of money that we don't have. And or just making it something that could work. And mm -hmm. so I did a lot of thinking, like, end of the world, what could it be? And I said, well, in a lot of end of the world movies, it's always the younger generation or the younger people going forth and, you know, replanting the world or just going forth and doing what they have to. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know what, you know, what happens to the older people? What happens to the people that can't go forth? And, you know, they have to kind of accept it in a sense i said who who cares what's their story are they are they yeah. are they going to be lonely are they going to be filled with family and you know comfort and the thing is especially if in reality you don't know what people are going to do so i thought you know how, how would an older couple feel mm -hmm. how would the generation react to the to the to a tragedy like this mm -hmm. imminent doom imminent death and but they've lived all their, their whole life. So, you, you know, yeah. And so it's like, you would think that the person who is older, you know, and wiser would, would have seen everything. What left there could there be to fear, mm -hmm. you know, kind of death. And, and it comes in such a, a, a different shape, a different, you know, uh, aspect rather than uh, just old age. It's, it's a nuclear bomb. So, yeah. And uh, going off of that, obviously, I felt that was a fantastic concept, <laughs> and I never heard of anything like that before. Uh, and it was something we could do, which is even more exciting. Yeah. But anyway, well, there's some add on to the end of that. Well, and it is it is interesting that, uh, and and it's true, there aren't really too many end of the world uh, movies. Like you will you will see scenes occasionally in something like a Deep Impact where you'll have like an, exactly. a mother father of one of the main characters and they've sort of kind right, of accepted the fact that they're not going to survive, but to base an entire film around that. Right. Yeah, it is an interesting concept. The film that I was sort of talking about earlier and that I mentioned in my review that this movie remind me of is, uh, Andrei Tarkovsky's, uh, the sacrifice. It was his final film as a uh, director. He passed away in 86 it's it's basically oh, about. Oh. Are you there? Oh yeah, I think we got you again yeah, now, right? Yeah. Okay, we got you again now. Okay. All right. Uh, do I need to uh, back up or anything like that? I think you were talking about the film, the the vow, right? Okay. 
All right. Yeah. So the the film that I was talking about earlier and mentioned in my review that this that Sunset remind me of in a way was a film by Andrei Tarkovsky, who's a Russian filmmaker who passed away in 1986. Uh, his, it was his final film. It was called The Sacrifice, and it was a movie. Oh, and it was a movie that he made uh, in Sweden with a lot of the same collaborators that Bergman worked with over the years. And it's mm -hmm. basically about a group of friends and family who are gathered together for a birthday party, and they hear of the the planes going overhead uh, headed towards World War III. And it's basically, and a lot of it focuses on how the characters react and the main character played by Erlen Josephson, who was one of uh, Bergman's uh, great collaborators as an actor. Uh, he, he basically, um, it's basically about him trying to make a sacrifice, a spiritual sacrifice uh, and a spiritual pact to allow his family to survive this uh, where he, he will not. And so, when I watch Sunset, it, it definitely it, it definitely reminded me of the sacrifice. But one of the things that I liked about sacri uh, Sunset, I, I like I, I do like that focuses on it's more of a real world, uh, real life, how people would actually react to something like this happening. Because the by by the time the story really gets going, there's always already been a nuclear attack in Los Angeles. And uh, basically using that as the springboard, you see how uh, the different characters are reacting and what, what their thought process is as to what they end up doing in the film. And that's one of the things that I really liked about it is that I, I felt like it was, it was honest to what that, that type of situation would be. Thank you for saying that. I guess in response to that, you know what's funny is I have never seen The Sacrifice. And I try to I try to go out and see as much as I can, which is important. I Trust me, I know. Um, the funny part is, is that uh, I actually, uh, yeah, I've actually not only not seen that movie, I've never heard of that movie. <laughs> it's really funny. And I'm glad you bring it up, though, because I want to see it now. Um, which is weird because I feel like... Uh, you know, we have another collaborator as well, Louis, uh, Louis Ambrosio, that we work with. And I feel like he, he said, oh, write that movie. You know, this is, this is when we read it in, in your uh, review, which was, was great and everything else. And I think on some ways, subconsciously, we all reference things that uh, mm -hmm. you know, we may have seen in the past and everything else. And that always happens. It becomes this blender of concepts. The, the, so the, I'm sure that was somewhere in his mind, in his, in mm -hmm. his memory. Because uh, I, I have to admit, it's not, it was not in mine. Um, and, and so that's fascinating to me. And I, I, I love that you brought that up, but also the movie that we were really looking at, uh, was on the beach, uh, with Gregory Peck. That was the one that we were really looking at in terms of how would you tackle this? You know, we did, we did sort of look at the older couple, younger couple scenario. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was, uh, that was one we were studying on top of everything else, I think too. Um, so it's interesting that you brought that up. I would definitely say that that was you know, on the beach was the one we were watching and we were looking mm -hmm. at. 
Uh, I would have loved to have known about the sacrifice of the time as well. Yeah. <laughs> Just to, you know, it's so funny how many. <laughs> yeah, I'm, gonna, so I'm many probably things. gonna look that up. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, if you're so that, if you're not terribly it, familiar with Tarkovsky, um, he's he he's I I love him as a filmmaker, but he can be very difficult to get into because of the fact that his his way of filmmaking, his way of storytelling was very uh very deliberately paced and right. a lot of his the the way he told films was uh it it was a commitment. It wasn't just it it was it was very much a commitment. If you've if you're familiar with Bergman, you'll have kind of an idea of the right. type of uh, serious type of storytelling. But Tarkovsky takes that to Tarkovsky takes that to the next level. And I know a handful of his films are on uh, Criterion: uh, Solaris, Ivan's Childhood, Stalker. And uh, Andre Rublev, I think, are all available on Criterion Collection. That's right. it, it, yeah. it doesn't really surprise me that you've never necessarily heard of Sacrifice <laughs> because some filmmakers are not necessarily familiar with Tarkovsky. And I think part of it is because of the fact that he 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 only made seven films and he passed away in the eight, mid-80s. So it, it does kind of make sense that right. uh, some people just are not as familiar with him so uh but yeah i i'd actually not heard of uh on the beach so yeah that that's actually interesting that you bring that up and i'm kind of curious to check that out no interesting yeah no and we love that movie too on the beach uh, as well no but thank you i mean what's great i think another great thing about um you know telling stories and and i think just being filmmakers and uh, what we are and what we do is that so many people come to us especially now and, and everything else and they say Oh, you know, have you seen this? Or oh, you know, I, I heard this great story. Or oh, I have a great story that I think you should tell. And that—that's the type of learning process is so great for us mm -hmm. uh, experience because you know it makes us uh, better in so many ways. So I, I I I love that type of exchange, and we appreciate that. That's part of the reason why we even made Film Valor is not to say you know we know what we're doing. Look at us. It was more so to say we you know we could learn a lot more. Yeah. So let's go out and we start, you know, we did interview, we do interviews with people as well. Like, like, uh, like you do, because you know, there's so much information out there that we want to know and understand. So that's great. Uh, we appreciate mm -hmm. you sharing. Yeah. It's great. So when, when you, uh, when you, when you, uh, decided to, where did the idea to, uh, cast uh, Austin Pendleton, who was probably the only actor in the film I was really aware of before yeah. before seeing it. Where did the idea to cast him from? I mean, it's a great choice. I mean, it's it's exactly the type of role that you know you you are used to seeing him in. But I was kind of curious where how that came about. Well, I think the interesting thing about the casting in general was, well, it's well, it's just a weird story. But basically, we we had made the short film on Film Valor with those two actors, with uh, with Barbara and Liam, uh, Liam Mitchell, Barbara Blyer. So they were they were really gung ho uh, for us to go out and make a feature out of this, and we talked to them at first about it, and we had decided to sort of cast it before we wrote it. Mm -hmm. um, it's very strange, I guess, but that's what we did. And we, uh, so we knew the actors that we wanted to play them, um, including Austin Pendleton. They had been friendly with Austin for years and years yeah. and years and years. And they, and there was sort of a conversation, you know, we had met with him prior, 
Uh, if you guys are ever doing something, you know, we know that you did well at Manhattan. We won the Best Feature Film Award at Manhattan Film Festival the year prior with the movie with Michael Raspoli, mm -hmm. uh, who was also friendly with Austin as well and did a play with him. Um, so it, it kind of just became this sort of natural pro you know, process where we said, you know, if we can write something uh, for these guys and put Austin, uh, you know, write something for Austin, right. so the part was written for him, uh, and and for everybody else, you know, it would it would probably just work very well, and that that wound up lending to some, I think, some more natural writing, you know, than even we're used to typically because we knew how these people would talk and how they would interact with each other, and those those characters are really a lot like the people playing them. Mm -hmm. so, um, so that's really how that developed, which is great. It was really a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I've. Obviously, I'm sure I'm sure part of it was because of uh, budget. But one of the things that I really liked is the fact that you you deal almost exclusively with your characters. You don't really bring in the outside world, the outside influence much at all. You don't really bring bring in a larger. Uh, social and political aspect to it it's just basically the emotional toll of these characters in this situation dealing with what is kind of the beginning of the end possibly the end of their lives or at least the end of this life and the beginning of a new one in some cases and mm -hmm. uh what was that was that basically uh was it basically just the idea of wanting to uh, deal with that particular aspect of it that was uh, that sort of led you down that particular path of the way of telling this story. You want to, you want to speak to this one? Yeah, no, I mean, me, there's a lot to say. Yeah, me, me and Jameson were never really, you know, uh, we never totally go in saying, oh, we need the budget to do this or whatever. And especially for Sunset, I think the the main point we wanted to to establish is is that this is their homes. Mm -hmm. This is their this is where they feel safe and you know yeah. it you know yeah you could have a moment where they go to the supermarket and there's that little bit of relief or whatever but this is you know it, it's supposed to be their struggle their fear within there's within you know something that's supposed to be safe mm -hmm. and and you could you don't have to really you know show the chaos really in the streets because you know that's a it's pretty much a given you know you you, you could almost it, it's almost like you know uh, it, it, it's required. So to have them kind of confined to limited locations and just not really showing the outside world really kept you in in their moments. Mm -hmm. um, there's a, I mean, there's, I think there's only like really a couple times where you actually kind of really see, you know, different different locations. Probably about three or about, yeah, about three different times. Yeah. And, it doesn't need to go any further than that, really. Yeah. You know, it just would have required. I, I think one of the interesting things, too, that was brought up in a lot of the reviews, which I've actually was very happy that uh, people were so responsive to, because it was, a, it, I think it, in some ways it was, <laughs> some ways it was a risk, but it was the better risk to take. Um, we did not want to get into the politics of the situation, mm -hmm. as well as the, how, uh, how it happened to a to a, to a greater degree, uh, yeah. it was important that you know that that threat was you know in any research we had done and any 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 you know imagining of the situation. Basically, it became clear that no matter who does what, uh, 
everybody loses, you know? Mm-hmm. So we had kind of realized, you know, without pointing a finger at anyone, it's, it's everybody's, it's everybody's problem. Um, and we can get away with that in the right way without having to say it was this, it was the, it was the, it was these people, it was those people. Yeah, it's, a, um, it's a people problem. Right. So right, therefore, if we gave the characters in the beginning, you know, these, these sort of, uh, these opposite ends of the spectrum as well, anybody that's in the audience would say, you know what, I relate to that person or I understand that person's perspective and we don't have to completely agree with any of them. We, and, and another level of that as well is that those opinions, which I think is sort of expressed by Chris, which is in, in, a, in, a, in a sort of simple, uh, straightforward way, you know, probably don't matter, you know. And that was another thing as well that we wanted to get across that these people are so helpless to this situation um, and it will affect them at home, you know, uh, that that it was, uh, you know, it seemed like the obvious choice once we had gone through a very extensive process of trying to figure that out. Well, and, and one of the things, and yeah, you mentioned the, uh, at the very beginning, is in the very beginning in that uh, conflict between uh, Henry and Julian uh, is is really the only time that you bring that sort of larger political idea out. And that larger possible discussion out and one of the thing i think the the thing that i like the most about that is because it's not just you come to realize it's not just about the differing political vantage points that they're coming from but it's also about this larger tension between the three of them that has been sort of building up over the years and and that's one of the things that is really is it, it's really a smart uh, way of getting even more into the story and by focusing even more into the story so that when you have those scenes later where Julian shows up before he uh, ends up leaving the leaving leaving the picture uh, it gives it gives that an even greater impact thank you thank you um, yeah, no, that was, uh, I guess just to go off that briefly, that, that was, uh, you know, they, those, those three had been working together for so long. I think it sort of came out of naturally, um, you know, in different capacities, uh, Barbara and Austin do a show together, mm-hmm. uh, and different things. And I, I think when we started to sit down to write it, we realized that there was just such a strong, uh, relationship between the three of them and how much they care about each other's work and everything else that, it almost seemed obvious or, or necessary almost to play on that. And, mm-hmm. and, and it would be even better if he was defending his face, Henry. Um, and it sort of establishes the fact that he needs to, or that he needs, if he feels he needs to do that. Um, so yeah, no, I, I appreciate the acknowledgement of that. And I think it did add another level to it that we weren't expecting at first either, um, that they played so brilliantly too. And there's so many different levels of that happening within what maybe what Julian wants or what he doesn't want or what he thinks he can do. And do Henry and him talk about that at any point? You know, that stuff that really started to open it up and make it more interesting for the audience as well. I felt. Yeah. So um, I, I haven't really I haven't really uh, followed it too much. Um, how how how. So now that you do have, I know you have distribution. You have it coming out in July. I have you guys had it uh, taking it to uh, film festivals and all that. And uh, 
What has been yeah. sort of the build up to this coming release? Yeah, uh, you want to tell them about, I guess, Manhattan. Yeah, Manhattan. Uh, we we uh, we won, I guess, uh, best feature drama. That yep, best uh, best best feature drama at Manhattan Film Festival. Yeah. Which we're very excited about. Yeah, we had a very good turnout. <laughs> we had um, uh, pretty much everybody loved the ending. Yeah, I mean, that's there's a lot of surprise about that. Surprise about that. Yeah, in a in a good way. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we, we've won a couple of other awards for acting as well, which is really those, you know, those guys are, uh, you know, fantastic. So we're happy for them. Uh, David Johnson won, uh, an award at the International Independent Film, uh, Film Awards. He won it for Best, Best Leading Actor. Uh, and also we won a Best Ensemble Award. Right. At the Los Angeles Film Awards. Uh, we were nominated Best Feature at Miami's Independent, uh, Film Festival as well. Uh, International Independent Film Festival, I um, and, uh, we just sort of kind of, I, I would say that we're just in the midst of that journey where we're still going, we're sort of in the middle of all that. Um, and there are a few more right on the horizon that we're, uh, excited about part of the thing about, you know, releasing quickly and, and, and stuff like that was, uh, that we were going to accept a, a shorter festival run. Um, so we were more aggressive in doing things that were sort of local, that were uh, that were logical to us, mm -hmm. uh, and spaces that we thought worked. And we've gotten to know the circuit a lot better through the course of you know doing other movies and stuff like that. So, uh, but yeah, we still have some stuff that are that's uh, or some festivals that are upcoming uh, that we're excited about as well. I'm very busy. Yeah. yeah, it's been busy. It's been definitely <laughs> been busy. The press has been great, so we've been also been you know on top of that, and uh, our distributor in the orchard has been. Uh, has uh, has been very excited seeing you know the positive feedback, and I think they're they're on a on a smaller movie, I guess we could say like this. Uh, I think they're sort of surprised by how much people are really, you know, thinking about the characters, writing about the characters, writing about the acting, talking about the, the various elements. Um, so it's been great, it's been really great. It's been an honor, really has been. Okay, uh, well, what what other uh, you guys mentioned film valor earlier, uh, and that is on YouTube. I believe. Yes. yes. Yeah, that's our YouTube channel. You go right into YouTube, type in Film Valor, and we'll come right up with all of our videos and everything. Okay, and what type of uh, videos do you guys, uh, have you guys been focusing on mainly there? Yeah, no, we're just mainly focusing on um, some tips and you know, key information to help the independent filmmaker and um, to, to really open it up to... Uh, to the independent filmmaker that, you know, there, there's a bigger world out there with a lot of connections and people who are willing to work with you. And yeah. also that you could, you don't have to, you know, you know, you don't have to, you know, be pulling money out of your bank account left and right to make, you know, like, you know, a little, you know, short film or whatever. Yeah. You, you just have to, you know, that you just have to have uh, the commitment and uh, the right tools, not the most expensive ones or whatever, in order to, you know, to make something that is, uh, um, uh, a good product. Yeah. Okay, and Jameson, I know you uh, you sent me another uh, film recently to uh, watch, and that one is already released. The Depths. Yes. Yes. Uh, where it. where can uh, where can people find that one? So people can find The Depths right now on Amazon as well on iTunes. Uh, actually, on DVD, it's available for purchase right now. There's a, there's been actually they've been talking to us about it being available for purchase on Amazon DVD directly, but also through Barnes and Noble. I believe they've been talking about right now, okay. um, and it starts to go into these other stores as well very soon. Prior to them doing their you know their cable push, their whatever their their next steps. Um, but yeah, we're very excited about The Depths. Adam was the composer on that. 
Okay. Um, I was the director and the writer, and I, or, you know, that was really sort of the beginning of us saying, like, let's go out and make features. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's on Xbox, too. It's Xbox, on Hulu, Google Play. iTunes. Um, iTunes, we said, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been all over the place. It's getting great write-ups as well. Actually, we just got a great we got a great review from Film Threat, which is kind of mind blowing because they're they're <laughs> they're a big website, but mm-hmm. but they they gave it an A rating, and uh, they really liked a lot of the elements of it. So you know, four or five years of work is it's great to see that. Where where did the idea for the depths come from? The depths is an interesting one uh, as well, and I say it's very different uh, because of the fact that. I, essentially, I I had the concept uh, about a year a year or two prior to actually me and myself and Robert Spatz sitting down and writing the script. I, I thought it would be interesting to talk about two people that are competitive and competitive as artists, and uh, and to see if you could do that as a thriller, which sounds like the ridic- <laughs> a ridiculous basis for a movie, but it seemed right for for some reason. It seemed like the thing to pursue, but I couldn't find anything to attach to it. What was very beautiful actually about that process and letting it sit for a little while um i was taking a genre class at the time and i had started to on my own study film noir Mm -hmm. uh film and uh seeing in a lonely place and seeing maltese falcon and uh, double indemnity and all those movies uh suddenly that idea from so long ago clicked into place and i said okay this would be uh, absolutely incredible if it can be done the right way um, mm-hmm. to see what that sort of process is like now of writing a script and doing something, but to be treating it like a, a thriller, you know, straight up. And uh, I was, you know, sort of simultaneously, I was re- researching uh, for a director's first films um, like Aronofsky's, uh, you know, we have Pi and we have Nolan's uh, uh, following mm-hmm. and we had Caruth's, uh, uh, I'm saying that probably well, uh, Primer. Um, but I was I was researching a lot of those movies, and I started to see through lines uh, that they were they were thrillers, but they were psychological thrillers. Mm-hmm. They had done that out of you know for budget budget reasons in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, so that's really you know all those cross sections and all that all that time I, I brought all of that to Robert Spat, and I said you know we got to write this thing. I think it'd be fantastic if we just sit down and really figure this out. That's really how it started. Okay, and yeah, you mentioned one of my absolute <laughs> favorite. Uh... Bogart film noirs and in a lonely place. Uh, yes, I I I absolutely love that one. And I can when yes. you bring it up, I definitely do see the uh, inspiration with that one. I think it's fantastic yes. movie. Yes, um, Adam, as a uh, as a composer, I've I've actually done uh, composing myself. Uh, not necessarily. I I've done a couple of short films for friends and stuff, but mostly I've done. Uh, some of my own music. Uh, what sort of what what sort of brought you into uh, composing? Um, I started out uh, when I was like twelve or thirteen. I you know I got into you know you know rock music or whatever. So I started playing guitar, and, and then it kind of like you know I just spent a couple years doing that. You know uh, I couldn't really I can't read music or mm-hmm. the time and to do it. So I just had to learn things by ear, YouTube and whatnot. And eventually, you know, uh, I met Jameson and he wanted to do, uh, you know, films. And I said, it, it kind of turned out that, you know, I could compose them, which was, uh, yeah. 
something that I wanted to do because eventually if it wasn't that I you know I wanted to join a band and I really wanted to do something in music mm -hmm. the, the music was going to be you know it all you know begin all and end all and uh, eventually you know it, it turned that it turned out that you know maybe not just play guitar maybe I could do some piano work and maybe I could do you know stuff on the uh you know the computer with different synths and all that stuff mm -hmm. the and that's really, really came from. I mean, I grew up on music along with the movies. Movie, movies and music were yeah. <laughs> like, like everything, everything to me. So it, it really came natural to uh, to wanting to to do uh, composing. And luckily, you know, Jameson gave me the opportunity, you know, to do that back in uh, 2012. You know, when we did our first uh, movie, Midnight Catch. Midnight Catch. And, yeah. Uh, and ever since then, I've been really, really thankful for, for you know. Being able to do both, you know, be yeah. maker and do the, you know, composing. I mean, that's you know, really a dream come true for a lot of people. You know? Okay, so. some of is some of your music on uh, Film Valor or? Yeah, yeah, I did the uh, the intro. Um, I also did. Uh, we did a, a, a Star Wars parody. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which was uh, I, I, yeah. I want to expand on this as well. That just to say, and to also to make it to make it clear too. Sorry, that's the dogs. Um, Adam has done the music from our first movie all the way through now. So that's both feature films. That's every episode, every episode of Film Valor, and there's about 56 of them now. Um, uh, uh, you know, the opening titles for that, of course, any short films we've done. Uh, and so it's really been a great process working with him doing the music because he's, I believe, and so many other people do too, They'll stop us and say this music is fantastic and it's and it really suits the story and everything else and it's he really is a great composer as well so it's it's great to have somebody on your team um, that does that and has those talents and those skills because it's a world that I don't understand at all <laughs> um, and so he did he you know really he lent so much to the depths and sunset both as features but for all the way back to the shorts um, that uh, and, and that you know the movies wouldn't be the same without them and in terms of establishing. Uh, the tone and, uh, and and everything else, and I really do believe it's half the movie. So yeah, uh, it's it's very it was it was always important to us, and he's always done a great job. So yeah, he's done. There's so much work out there that's available on through Film Valor, but also in these features that are you know his original pieces, mm -hmm. and he has a great process of the way he works on them, and he'll present something that's you know oftentimes I'm looking at you know whatever the first thing is that he's doing, and it's always shocking to me how you know, on the money it is. I think there's just an understanding of it that he has that's that's natural. And I'm always impressed by it, I'll be really honest with you. I'm, I'm no BS. I'm always impressed by that. I don't understand it. And that's great. That's one of the great things about filmmaking is there's people that have skills that you don't. <laughs> and so I, I, I'm really, I just want to make sure I put that in there as well. well. I think that's like the, you know, the yin and yang, if you would call it to it, is that we, me and Jameson are, we... We think kind of the same, but we take different approaches. Mm -hmm. Very different approaches. So it's yeah. kind of it's kind of like uh, you know you know the uh, a missing puzzle piece of uh, creativity. And it, like he could tell me you know uh, all right you know this is what I'm thinking for the music or whatever, and he'll just tell me like you know a good two minutes about you know what he wants it to feel like. I'm like all right, and I'll spend literally all night just you know trying to because I, I have to convince myself that that's what he wants and so uh, I'll, I'll just spend like you know the whole night just going through things and uh 
in a in, you know in in eclipse. So, yeah, it's great. Just it's great. good communication. It's a great process to watch. Mm -hmm. It's just like watching an actor perform or something like that. It's just a great thing to watch. It really is. Are there any particular uh, musicians or composers who have inspired you? Oh yeah, great. Uh, well, I I think when I picked up a guitar, I think it was Ace Freely from Kiss. I would have to say. He was probably my uh, first inspiration to, mm -hmm. to get an instrument. Um, I like Hans Zimmer. Um, yeah, let me see. Uh, Carpenter, yeah, John Carpenter. I like his stuff too. Yeah, I like yeah. it. Um, I like uh, like some old bluesy stuff, like Stevie Ray Vaughan. Um, yeah, every everyone from Al Green all the way up to um, you know death metal, pretty much. Any anything I can listen to anything. I want to also interject another quick story too about Adam's music abilities, which is which is another again thank 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 the Lord we have that skill set on our team. But Adam also does the music super supervision, or he's also a music supervisor, so he can go out and find songs for a movie as well. We had a short film just short of Sidekick, and we had given you know just showed him movies essentially, and, and we, said, we want you to find uh, uh, we want you to find six or seven songs that match this. I think he came back in like maybe 30 minutes. I think it was less. Maybe it was 20 minutes. And he had seven songs lined up. And I just put them in. I said, oh, my God, these, these fit. Like, not, not only do they fit, but they fit beautifully. Mm -hmm. uh, it was just an amazing process of seeing that. So he also has a very large uh, knowledge of music and finding music as well. So that's another skill set that he has that have, has also been worked in throughout the movies. Uh, like, so he composed the score for Sunset, but he also went out and found the music that's on the radios mm -hmm. and stuff. So that whole score and those things are put together by, you know, not him, him listening and finding things, but also him then creating them as well, which is great. It's really great. Well, now that these films are getting into release, uh, what what do you guys have coming up next? Yeah, so we, we've been developing, uh, we, we actually have three screenplays, feature film screenplays that we've been working on uh, and developing. And we have one that we're very excited about that we're sort of bringing to the forefront uh, and that's it. That's it. That we have that working title uh, is Conviction, and that's a thriller that we're working on. Um, that's uh, that's really probably would be our next thing that we want to go into. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, we're we're just developing that right now and putting it together. You know, it's in those early stages, but having these movies behind us really helps, of course. Helps the people. Uh, people start to see. You know, having distribution really helps as well. Um, all those things that, that really get the ball rolling in a way that we couldn't do quickly prior to doing the depths. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, that's really what we're doing next. Yeah. We're also continuing film valor, um, and all those, you know, all those adventures as well. All right. Well, thank you very much for the time today. Uh, it was really great to talk to you guys. Thank you. Thank you. I'd like to thank Jameson Locasio and Adam Ambrosio for their time today. It was a lot of fun to talk to them and to uh, get an idea of uh, their uh, careers overall and what got them started and uh, what led them to uh, make Sunset and The Depths. Um, coming up, I should have a couple more movie breakdowns coming up soon. Uh, hopefully one with the uh, new Planet of the Apes movie, which I know I've been kind of teasing uh, for the past uh, few months, it seems, but I promise it's going to come. And as well as a dear friend of mine and I talking about a uh, film that means a lot to me and really uh, encapsulates a lot of things that I value in that particular friendship.
So that's coming up on the Sonic Cinema podcast, as well as more filmmaker interviews and uh, more film breakdowns. For now, uh, join us at patreon.com backslash Sonic Cinema. For $3 or more, you're going to get a lot of content, a lot of exclusive audio and video content. And uh, join us always at www.sonic.cinema.com. This is Brian Scuttle, and thank you for joining me. Thank you.